five minutes till service, guys. Grab a seat, grab a friend, sit down, and let's do this.
What up, what up, Bridges? Yo, 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 Welcome, everybody. Go ahead and find your seats. Go ahead and find your seats real quick. Everybody in the back, go ahead and find your seats. Welcome, everyone. How are we doing tonight? He said, how are we doing, how tonight? We doing tonight? There we go. There we go. What's everyone? My name is Isaiah. My name is Tyler. And we're guys at Service Host for today. For, to start us off, everyone real quick, take out your phones and put them in the air real quick. Get your phones, put them in the air. All right, perfect. Now that you have your phones out, go ahead and go to Instagram and follow us at bridgeYTH underscore. And go ahead and turn off your airdrop at the same time. Yeah, I got you guys. I know, I know. So go ahead and follow us on uh, Instagram and TikTok, bridgeYTH underscore, and turn off your airdrop. Hey, so believe it or not, this is not the only time we meet up. Wednesday nights are not the only time I can see you guys. It's actually another day we meet up. It's going to be called Connect Group on Sundays. It's at Whoa. 1130, the second service of that day. So originally, we are going to meet up in the auditorium. We're going to do our worship. They're going to send us over here. And personally, Connect Groups honestly changed my life. So uh, I want to see everybody there. Um, we talk about great stuff. We chop it up. Everything we learn today, we go over with uh, uh, people just like us. And it's a great time. Definitely. Next up, y'all, we got water baptisms coming up very soon, just like a week and a half away. It's going to be May 28th. So if you guys don't know what baptism is, just a real quick summary. It's basically an outward declaration of your inner transformation. So if you guys feel like that's been happening in your life and you guys want to uh, get baptized, be sure to sign up. And maybe if you don't feel like it yet, maybe it'll happen tonight after tonight's message. We'll see. <laughs> Hey, uh, Bridge Youth, summer camp is coming up in July. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't been to summer camp, it's a freaking blast. Um, we, we're really planning on uh, having a great time. So save the dates. It's going to be Monday, July 17th, smack dab in the middle of your summer break. So save the dates. Don't plan anything on that date. It's going to go four days all the way through Thursday, July 20th, smack dab in the middle of your summer break. So again, save the dates, plan it. <clears throat> And, uh, yeah, registration's going to open soon. Obviously, we'll uh, let you guys know when that happens, so keep an eye out for that. Not only do we have summer camp, at the end of this month, Larry, May 31st, we got our all-in event. It's going to be super awesome. We're going to have guest speaker Pastor Mark from Audacious Church in Manchester, UK. So if you like people with accents, be sure to pull up that day. It's going to be awesome. And then also, it's going to have carnival games and snacks. We're going to have raffle tickets for prizes and giveaways. It's going to be a super awesome event. So if you guys want to come, be sure to pull up May 31st. Invite a bunch of your friends. It'll be an awesome way to start for you guys' uh, summer break. Hey, guys, another way to worship the Lord. It's not just by singing and dancing. I know we have a great time doing that. But another way to worship uh, the Lord our God is by giving. Obviously, there's no pressure. We're not going to force you guys to give anything. But... Um, Another way to show our love and worship towards our God is by giving. Uh, there's two ways to give. We can do it online on the very phones we hold. Or there's a giving station way in the back. If everybody could look back there so it doesn't look like I'm pointing at nothing. <laughs> there's a giving station right next to those exit doors. Uh, you can give that way too. And here's a really, really special update uh, on our missions update. It's going to be we made $1,367.87. Yeah. That's incredible, you guys. It's super, super, super dope that you guys uh, have all collectively come together and done this as a, as a community. Pat yourselves on the back for that. Uh, and yeah, thank you. All right, next up, y'all go ahead and stand up to your feet. We got our family time question for tonight. Go ahead and stand up, stand up. Basically, we're going to be asking a question. You guys are going to ask people around you. Tyler, what is our question for tonight? Our question for tonight, it's actually simple, yes or no, but you could also say why. Do you think AI is going to take over the world one day? Oh, all right, talk amongst y'all. Talk, talk, talk. I think yes.
All right, can everybody come up for worship? Come up for worship. Hey, just a reminder for our first song, no pushing and shoving. I know how rowdy we get, but please don't push and shove. And for our second song, let's try our best not to be a distraction, okay, for the people around us, just out of respect. Thank you.
Hey, would you guys do me a favor? All over this place, close your eyes. Just lift your hands. You're in the presence of God right now. I'm going to ask the team to sing through that chorus one more time. And I was just thinking a moment ago, like it's moments like these. Moments that we can miss because of the busyness of life and what's happening tomorrow. And we have finals and there's this. And I just remind some of you all that you have finals. And for some of us, something really crazy's happened. And our lives, our friends' lives, our family in the past few days, and it can get us to miss moments with God like this. But the Bible says, wherever two or more are gathered, that he's in their presence, he's in their midst. I'm over here thinking, there's so many ways I can sing of how good God is. And it's moments like this, I just feel myself getting closer to him and him getting closer to me. So would you sing this out together, hands lifted? Has God been good to anybody else in this place? Anybody else just love the fact that we can worship our God, that he's not far and he's not distant. And, and literally all day today, I kept thinking this, and I was thinking in this moment, don't miss it. Don't miss what God's about to do. There's so many people who get so close, so close. I think of the rich young ruler who went to the right person, the right time, in the right moment, and asked the right question. He asked Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he ended up walking away sad, miserable, and in scripture, we never hear from him again. We don't even know his name. All we know is that he was a rich, young ruler. That's it. And he missed his moment being literally face to face with Jesus. Can I tell you tonight, do not miss your moment because you're so close. This is it. Like you think that you got here by accident because a, fr a friend brought you? You think that you're here because you knew that that cute boy or that cute girl is here so that's why you showed up? Uh-uh. Scripture says it's the Holy Spirit that draws all people in. You're here because God has an appointment with you. Do not miss it. Look at your neighbor, say, don't miss it. Hey, before we jump into tonight, we love you guys. We believe in you. We love one of my favorite things in our services is having students pray. So Emma's going to come up. She's going to pray for us right now. Hey, one more time all across this place. Would you just close your eyes, lift your hands as Emma leads us in prayer. Lord, thank you for bringing us all together tonight. I pray that you help us focus our hearts and mind on the message tonight and that you allow us to apply the word that Wyatt preaches to our lives outside of church. I pray that you eliminate all distractions and that every single person hears from you tonight, God. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. God, help these Lakers beat these Nuggets. Hey, as you head back to your seat, high five five people. Tell them, don't miss it. Don't miss it.
Bridge Youth, how we doing tonight? Man, hey, I am just so stoked to be here with y'all tonight. And uh, I feel like tonight's going to be a great night, mainly because you decided to be here. So welcome to, oh, I know, right? Stop, come on, right? It's all about God. Amen. Um, truthfully, though, it is. But um, in all reality, we are so thankful and so happy that you decided to be here with us tonight, whether it's your first time or uh, you call this place your home, you call these people, these crazy wild people, uh, your family. Maybe you're here in person, maybe you are here online, whichever camera that it is. We are just so excited to have each and every one of y'all with you. We like to greet all of our guests by saying we are here to build you up, not... Hey, we love you, uh, and we're just so excited, like I said, to have y'all with us tonight. First and foremost, um, I feel like I got to give honor where honor is due to uh, our amazing next-gen pastors, Pastor Corey and Pastor Amber, for giving me the opportunity uh, to preach to these crazy group of students. Uh, truthfully, you guys are some of my best friends, and I'm so honored and so grateful to be able to do ministry in life with y'all. Uh, hey, if you guys love our next-gen pastors, can y'all make some noise for them? Man, hey, we are... Uh, we're, we're blessed to have them. Um, hey, when I, was, uh, when I was getting ready for today, when I was prepping this message, as we are going through this series, Kingdom Over Everything. Someone say kingdom. kingdom. And then someone go like this, over, and then everything. Right, so kingdom over everything is what we've been talking about. The whole idea of this series, which, which is what I love, is that as we are ending the school year, you going all out 
on your school campuses. Because if you are a senior in high school, can I just tell you first and foremost, uh, we are so happy and so proud that you have made it this far. I know for some of y'all, you were like, how did I get here? I have no idea. Uh, by the skin of your teeth, essentially, because uh, your grades were not looking great a semester ago, but you made it and you are about to graduate. Uh, can we just let you guys know, if we have not yet told you, maybe you just weren't here to listen to it, uh, 99, maybe 99, 98% of the people that you see right now on your campus, you will never see again, right? For everybody who is in middle school, say, hey. <laughs> All right, now let's try that again. But just, just like within your natural voice, right? Don't try to match my tone. If you're in middle school, say, hey. <laughs> Sick. Um, if you're an eighth grader, I, 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 just, I just had that pop into my brain. If you're an eighth grader, raise your hand. Hey, you are going into high school. Uh, you know, the little fish is going into the big pond, the big ocean. Uh, as you are going into high school, there's going to be some people who you are right now in class with who are not going to the same high school as you. We're not going to be in the same environment as you. And this whole series is for us to shift our perspective away from right here, right now, to what kind of impact can you have on your campus for eternity? What's the impact that you can have on your campus, not just in the temporary, but what can you take into eternity with the impact that you are making on your campus? I say that as it is ending the school year, what do we have to lose, right? So we are going to decide to go kingdom over everything. Someone say kingdom, kingdom. over everything. Hey, this whole series is based on a verse found in Matthew. The book of Matthew is found in the Bible. In case you did not already know it, uh, if you are brand new to this space, can, can I just cue you in on a little something right now? Uh, we love Jesus here. Uh, we are founded and our foundation is rooted within Jesus and within God's word. And so we believe that God's word is the truth. It is, it, is, it is unchanging. There is no contradictions behind it, no matter who wants to say what. And this is what we are going off of for not just this teaching, but every single one of our teachings is on the word of God. If you believe that, someone say amen. Hey, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It's going to be up on the screens. This is just the opener verse that we're going to be talking about today, uh, just to give you guys an idea in terms of what this series has been all about and where we got it from. It says this within Matthew 6, verse 33. This is Jesus talking to a group of people in a sermon that is called Sermon on the Mount. You want to know why it's called Sermon on the Mount? Because Jesus was on a mount and he was giving a sermon. Come on now. And, uh, and so Jesus is giving this message to a group of people. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Someone say, above all else. And live righteously and he will give you everything you need. All right, so that's like the foundation for this series. And when I got asked to preach today, I was really trying to wrap my mind around, okay, God, what is it that you want me to preach to, uh, to these students? What is, what is it that they need to hear the most? And really what I was inspired by was, if you were here a few weeks ago, you saw that we had uh, five amazing people up on stage, which is our uh, school of ministry students, each give like a five to seven minute speed round sermon, right? Preach the best message you can within five to seven minutes. But the whole preference behind it was so that they would preach as if they are preaching to their 16-year-old self, 
as if they're preaching to their 12-year-old middle school age self. And I feel like that with the word that God has given me, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And so not only are you going to get an idea in terms of what I went through within middle school and within high school, but you're almost going to get like a peek into my day-to-day life, essentially, as I was walking on campus in middle school and as I was walking on my campus within high school. And the word that I kept on getting and I kept on being reminded of so strongly was conformity. And the idea of conformity, in case you don't know, comes from the word conform, which means to change oneself depending on the environment. AKA, it means just to blend in, right? It means, it means just, just go with the flow. It means to, um, if you were out in the ocean and if you were just gonna let the waves do whatever they wanted with you, that would be going with the flow. And for a lot of us, similarly to me, as I was in middle school and as I was in high school, can I just tell you, I was going with the flow. I was not setting a standard for myself. I was going with whatever standard was already set before me. There was, there was no... Uh, there was no, like, you know, decision within my, within my heart that was of my own. There was no decision in my mind that was of my own. I was just simply going with the flow, a.k.a. I was conforming to everything around me. And that's something that's personal for me. And I feel like that this room is quiet, not because you're not paying attention, but because right now you are thinking to yourself, that's me too. And right now, maybe this is already a personal message for you. But can I just let you know, even before we jump into the verse, and even before we jump into the passage, that even though you might be conforming right now, God does not want to leave you in that state. There's a better option. There's a better choice. And that's what we're going to be looking at tonight as we jump into this message. If you are taking notes, if you haven't already guessed it, my message title is Kingdom Over Conformity. Kingdom Over Conformity. We are going to give a life. We're going to live a life that is towards the kingdom and not towards Conformity. So what we're going to do is that we're going to be reading two different passages of Scripture. One of them is going to be found in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. The other one is going to be found back in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. So as we do here at Bridge Youth, can we all stand within the honor of reading God's word as we read out these verses and these passages? Like I said, it says within Romans 12, Verse 2, I'm going to be using the uh, New American Standard Bible version. We're going to have that up on the screen, but in case you're following along uh, on your own device or in your own Bible. It says this, it says, and do not, someone say, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. All right, so that's the main verse that we're going to be going back and forth on. And then here's a verse to give us context, and this is what we're going to build the message on and found within Matthew 7, like I said, within verses uh, 24 and 27. And it says this, it says, anyone, this is also Jesus talking, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the flash or in the floodwaters rise and the wind beats against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We thank you, Lord, for tonight. We thank you, God, for all that you have planned for us, Lord. I just pray that you would just get me completely and totally out of 
my way, Jesus, and out of your way. God, that you would just have your way throughout this message, Jesus. That my words would not be of my own, but that they would be your words. They would be your truth, Jesus. God, that as we hear and as we listen, that we would be able to understand that this message would not just go on deaf ears, but this message would go on good soil and that it would bear fruit and that it would have a harvest inside of our lives, Lord. God, let us not leave the exact same way that we came in, Lord, but let us leave transformed and renewed within our minds. Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name. Everybody can say amen. 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 Hey, if you're taking notes, uh, I really only have one, really one point for y'all tonight. Uh, which I know is different for me. It might be different if you call Bridge Youth your home and these people your family because you're used to three-point messages, you're used to all those things. But I really only have one point for y'all. And we're going to be talking about this point all throughout the night. And this point is simply this. You guys ready for it? Is don't conform, be transformed. Don't conform, be transformed. That's the only point that I have for y'all tonight. And so let's, let's pray and let's conclude the night. I'm just kidding. Uh, don't conform, be transformed. To give you guys context in terms of what is going on within Matthew chapter 7. As I said before, uh, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is giving, uh, you know, undoubtedly one of the most famous sermons and messages in all of history, especially all throughout the Bible, and it's called the Sermon on the Mount. Dude, I know that Jesus was 100% man and 100% Jesus, and 100% God, Jesus also being God. Uh, but I'm kind of jealous of him because my first message went horribly. And his first message is one of the most famous ones in all of history. But I guess that's what you get when you are 100% God and 100% human as well. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, at the very end of it with what we just read, he is concluding this sermon on the mount. And ultimately what Jesus is doing on the Sermon on the Mount is that he is going against Roman culture and religious culture of that time. He is preaching a counter-cultural message. You see, in this day and age within the Roman Empire, if you know anything about history or anything about the Romans, uh, they were savages. These, these, uh, this, this civilization was was wild was crazy like they invented the Colosseum. people would people would show up early and almost like camp overnight just to get front row seats to watch somebody get killed like this is the type of society that jesus was preaching to and all of a sudden jesus is talking about oh yeah but love your neighbor love the people around you oh somebody somebody slaps you across the face well then offer them the other cheek jesus is totally flipping the culture of the roman empire of that day and of the religious culture on its head. He's preaching a message within the Sermon on the Mount in a, uh, in a counter-cultural way. And the way that Jesus does this is that he ends it within Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, with what we just read. He says, if you hear my teachings, if you understand what it is that I'm saying, if you understand this new life and if you follow it, then you will be wise like a builder who builds his house on solid rock. But if you do not, if you listen to my teaching and you don't follow it, then essentially what the Bible is saying is that you're foolish. You're a fool for not doing it. It's like building your house on sand. And when the, when the wind and the rain comes, your house is going to fall apart because your foundation is not stable. Your foundation is not secure. And, and I probably, you know, if I could read your mind right now, you're probably wondering, what does this have to do with conformity? Like, what does this have to do with being transformed? What does this have to do with, with any one of those things? And the reason why I'm using this specific passage to talk about, uh, to not be 
conformed, but to be transformed, is because when you look at the definition of the word conformed based on Romans 12 2, I might geek out on you just a little bit, but Romans 12 2, in that word conformed, the definition for it means to be uh, transitory, which I also looked up that definition, which, mean, which means to not be permanent, to be changeable and unstable, which sounds a lot like sand, right? Because sand is all of those things. Sand is changing. Sand is not stable. When you build something on it, it's not going to last. Why? Because it's not stable. And then when you look at the word transformed, it means to be changed in a permanent way, which also sounds a lot like what a rock is, right? A rock is something that is uh you know, hard to move, it's difficult, it's all one piece, and it's all under uh, essentially like one formation, right? That's what a rock is, if, in case you didn't already know, I'm not trying to make you look stupid or anything. But when you look at this passage, I think that it fits perfectly within being uh, not conformed, but being transformed. And I don't know about you, but I know for myself, I'm much more of a visual learner. Anybody else? your visual learner. Um, when I was growing up in high school and in middle school, I hated math. Anybody else, like you are like, why do we even use this? Um, and there's any math teachers in the building or any future math teachers, like, um, did you raise your hand like you were actually gonna be a math teacher? Never mind, sorry, um, my fault. I said any future math teacher, she said, and then nothing. But, you know, as you guys can see, I have, this is a rock. It's not a boulder, it's a rock, right? Um, thank you, thank you. Um, and then this is, well, it's sand, right? This, this, isn't a, this isn't a trick question, pop quiz, or anything like that. Um, it, was, it was funny because I had, I had two packets of this type of sand, and apparently this sand is used for like a lizard habitat or something. And uh, if you know anything about me, I... I hate lizards, right? Uh, the, the devil came in the form of a snake, which could also be categorized as a reptile, which that's what lizards are. So you do the math. Um, the same way that Corey thinks that, that cats are from the devil, I think that lizards and those, and those types of animals are from, uh, are from the devil. And so, and so I, had, I had both of those packets on my desk and Trinity comes into my office to ask me a question. And she says, she says uh, are you gonna get a lizard? But for whatever reason, when I heard it, I said, is that a lizard? And I wasn't looking in that direction, and I literally went. Because I thought that a lizard somehow got into my office. But in the name of Jesus, it did not. Hallelujah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, right, this is sand. This is the rock. And this is what, not Dwayne, uh, this is what Jesus was referring to. He says, if you build your life on this it's not going to be good for you. This is what it looks like when you uh, hear my teaching and do not follow it. This is what it looks like when you hear my teaching and you follow it. And I think sometimes when we look at these two things and when we go throughout life, I think that instinctively we go for this rather than this. This is, this is being uh, conformed to this world and this is being transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's, it's a depiction of both of those things. You see, take, take this as like, as like uh, your life, essentially. Or actually, take this as culture. Take, take both of these ideas, both of these vases or vase as culture, right? And this is you. This is you conforming to 
the world. Notice how when I pour the sand into it, what is, what is the sand doing? The sand is being formed by whatever type of vase it's in, right? And so this is what it looks like to conform to the world. There's no real, there's no real shape behind it. There's no real uh, idea behind it. You're just going with the flow over here. I'm not even going to try to attempt it because when I was thinking of this illustration, I was like, of course the rock isn't going to fit into the vase, but I'm going to try to put this vase on top. I'm going to try to put this rock on top of the vase. But then when I was looking for vases, Alicia uh, didn't say explicitly, but she said subliminally that if you do anything wrong to these vases, uh, you will not make it to tomorrow. Not again, not explicitly, but within her eyes, right? Um, so I'm not going to try that. But I think we can all understand that this is not going to fit into this. This and this do not work. This and this work perfectly. And what this reminds me of is two different things. Number one, if we look at the parable that Jesus is telling, right, the rock and sand, what he is illustrating is that Jesus is the rock and everything else is sand, when we look at what sand actually is, is that sand in its literal form means small grains of rock, which, which could just be boiled down to little small rocks or bits of rock. And it's interesting when we, when we look at it that way, because when we go throughout our life, we think that if I conform my life to the world, if I conform my life to the culture or to society, then I'm going to get fill in the blank. I'm going to get fulfillment. I'm going to get joy. I'm going to get purpose. I'm going to get, again, fill in the blank. I'm going to get my dreams fulfilled. I'm going to get happiness. I'm going to get, you know, money. I'm going to do all these things. Like, we think that this is what we actually want. But when we realize what, what the rock represents and what sand represents, if sand is little bits of rock, then that means that the world can offer us a bit of what Jesus can offer us, but never the full thing. The world can offer you a little bit of fulfillment, a little bit of purpose, a little bit of calling. It can offer you a little bit of stability, but it will never be the full thing. It will never be the real thing. And yet, it's easier for us to just keep on just keep on doing this. Oh, yep, I'll just, I'll just keep on having my life look like this rather than building my life on something that's actually going to last. Now let's flip it the other way. I think sometimes when, I, I don't have social media right now, but I know when I did, I really felt like when I heard Christians or followers of Jesus talk about Jesus, for a second, I really had to think to myself, are we believing in the same Jesus? <laughs> like, your version of Jesus is not Jesus. You cannot create a different version of the real thing and expect it to be the same thing. And what happens is, is that sometimes what we do is that we like to form Jesus in our own image, we like to form Jesus into the culture's image because it's easier to understand. 
or it's easier to digest, or it's easier to explain to our friends. Well, if I don't tell them everything about Jesus, then maybe they'll come to know who he is. But they're not going to come to know the real Jesus if you don't tell them about the real Jesus. See, because if I start to take a hammer and a chisel and start to break this rock up, all of a sudden it goes from being a rock to sand. And this is not Jesus. This is Jesus. And we try to take Jesus and almost like form him into our image, into our wants. And we try to make him fit into our lives rather than our lives fit into the life of Jesus. And a lot of times we get confused because we try to do that. And then our life doesn't look the way that the Bible promises it would because it's not the same thing. One of the the things that I've heard um, a lot in in more so recent time, and you'll hear it, you know, in Christian circles around elections and things like that, um, is, well, what kind of party would Jesus be a part of, right? What, like, would Jesus be a Republican? Well, for sure he would, because, you know, it says in, uh, (laughs) I was going to try to make a joke. It says in Declaration of Independence 316 that when he came out of the when he came out of the tomb he had an AR in his hand and an American flag and you know that's that's why Jesus would be would be a Republican and then we look at it from the other side well Jesus would be a would be a liberal because he cares about all people and because he believes in equality and equity and he would give back to the poor and I think that what we're missing is really who Jesus is Because if we are trying to fit Jesus into a political party, then we don't really know who he is at the end of the day. Because Jesus is categorized as a king. And if you know anything about kings and monarchies, is that a king does not fall under a political party. The king is the political party. And so Jesus does not fit into a specific party. Jesus is the party. Jesus does not fit on one side or the other. Jesus is the side. Jesus does not fit into a specific culture of yours. Jesus is the culture. And so we cannot expect ourselves to be following the same Jesus when we're trying to take this real thing and trying to fit it into what we want it to be. We can't have it both ways. Because all of a sudden, this is not Jesus. All of a sudden, the Jesus that we're trying to fit into our culture and our wants and our desires is not the real thing. And so my question for you on a personal level is, what do you have the tendency to do more of? Do you have the tendency to just go with the flow, to conform to everything around you? Or do you have the tendency to set set the standard in the room? to be transformed by Jesus, to not be dictated by everything happening around you, but to actually dictate what is going on around you. Let me give you guys some scenarios. When you are at school, are you more willing to conform with your friends? Are you more willing to joke about the things that they joke about? Are you more willing to make fun of the people that they make fun of? Or even this, because this is also a sign of conformity as well. Do you just stay quiet? Do you just kind of say nothing? Do you, do you just kind of hope and, hope and understand, like, oh, the conversation will stop. Like, oh, yeah, that, that, eventually they'll stop talking about that stuff, and then, and then I, can feel, I can feel comfortable again. Let me ask you guys this. If you claim to be a Christian, how many of your friends know that you're a Christian? Okay. That's good. Let's hope. Because 
I think a lot of times what happens is that we think that people know that we're a Christian because we post on Wednesdays, because we post on Sundays, because we go to church. But in actuality, are we showing that we're a Christian? Are we talking about Jesus? Not just in what people see on Instagram or social media, but are we actually living out Jesus on our campus? Because that's the difference between being transformed and conforming around everything around our environment. How about this? When you're with your girlfriend or with your boyfriend, what do you do? Are you more willing to conform or set the standard? Do you just go with the flow? Is it one of those things where you're like, well, you know, he said, he said like, well, if, he, if I love him, then I'll do it. You know, do you, how about this? Do you, do you do things together that you would not tell your parents about? Are, are you, honestly, are you more willing to conform with your boyfriend or with your girlfriend because you know that no one else is going to know about it? Because no one else is going to find out. No one else, quote unquote, because God ultimately knows all things. So even if only you two know, God also knows there's another person in that equation. What are you more willing to do? How about this? When you're with your team, when you're, when you're in the locker room, and when you start to get around your friends, when you start to get around your people, and when they start talking bad about somebody else on the team, what do you do? Are, are, are you the one who adds into the conversation? Do you just conform with what's happening? Or do you set the standard and say, and say hey, like, let's not even talk about them like that? Or how about this? When gossip comes up, do you contribute? Are you in attendance or do you walk away? Because two of those things are conforming. Even if you're just in attendance listening, you are still complicit to that. Are you willing to walk away from those situations? Are you willing to walk away from those sort of conversations because you know deep down inside that that's not what you're called to? What are you more willing to do? I think when we look at conformity and being transformed, we have to understand what both of those things are and what both of them look like. I feel like one of the main differences between being conformed and transformed is that when you're conformed, or actually let me just go back for a second. Conformity or how you become conformed starts from the outside in. Meaning it starts with your actions. I'll give you a perfect example. When I was younger, when I was in, not even in middle school, when I was in elementary school, I remember being in recess, and I said my first cuss word. And it was one of those situations where it wasn't even like I was mad, I wasn't upset, but it was one of those situations where I said it because everybody else was. And it was crazy because I remember after saying it, I thought to myself that my mom was going to, like, climb over the fence next to our school and come in and, like, whoop me. Because I honestly felt guilty. I honestly felt bad. But you know what happened? The more that I did it, the more natural that it felt. All of a sudden, now it just became a part of me. And that's what conformity looks like. Is that when you first do that thing, it's not going to feel natural. Because you were never called to do it in the first place. That's why it's unnatural. But the more that you do it, the more that you think, oh, this is just who I am. Why? Because you do it enough and it starts to become natural. You take something that is meant to be unnatural to you and you make it natural because of how much you do it. And all of a sudden, listen, this is what starts to happen. Is that the more that you conform the more that you think that this is just who I am. Have you ever noticed that when you're around a certain group of friends, you start to act like them, 
You start to talk like them. You start to dress like them. And all of a sudden, you think that that's really who you are, but it's actually not. And what happens is, is that we confuse our personality with conformity. We confuse who we, actually are, who we actually are with our conformed self. Has anybody, well, actually, I shouldn't, it was, a, okay, there's a movie called Us. I do not recommend seeing it because it is not appropriate or age, or age appropriate. But the whole idea behind this movie is that there are essentially, uh, there's another version of yourself. It's funny that we talked about AI because apparently AI has another, like, online version of you made and created. Just another, you know, just another thing to think about in your crazy life. Um, but the whole idea of it being like there is another you out there, but it's really not you. It's, it's, it's really not actually who you are. And isn't it crazy for how, many, for how many of us, me included, when I was in middle school and when I was in high school, that that's how I lived my life. That I had my real me and then I had my conformed me. And somehow I thought to myself that they were both the same person, but they were not. You might think to yourself that you right now in your personality is actually who you are, but it really isn't. And really what you're doing is that you are living with a mask on and you are living with a fake identity because you're not really walking in what God has called you to. You're not really walking in what his identity is for your life because you're just conforming to everything around you. And what ends up happening is that we want to break the cycle and we want to be ourselves and we want to be who God calls us to be, but we don't actually know how. Romans 12, 2 gives us the perfect blueprint. It says, be, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, breaking away from uh, who you used to be, your old life, your conformed self, into the transformed self is not based on behavior modification, but it's based on a mind renewal. Because here's the thing. If you were to take, let's say, something that you do right now. Let's just say, for example, smoking. If you wanted to stop smoking, and if all you told yourself was, I'm not going to smoke, 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 I'm not going to smoke. One more time. I'm not going to smoke. And that's all that you told yourself. You might get somewhere with it, but eventually it's not going to work. Because all you're trying to do is just behavior modification. What you have to do is that you have to look at smoking from a different way from a different perspective. You have to think about it differently. You have to see it differently. Not just for how it makes you feel in the moment, but what is it doing to my health? What is it doing to the people around me? How is it affecting my motivation? How is it affecting my life? And all of a sudden, when you start to look at it from that perspective, you start to change how you think about it. It's gonna come naturally that you stop doing that thing. And that's how we have to look at conformity. It's not just behavior modification, but we have to look at it from a different perspective. And that's where being transformed comes into effect. Because as opposed to being conformed, where it happens from the outside in, being transformed happens from the inside out. It starts with your mind. It starts with your heart. It starts with your thoughts. It starts with, with, with what you think. It starts with how you perceive the world. It's not based on uh, strictly behavior modification and don't do this and don't do that. But it starts with how you see what it is that you're doing. And here's the reality, because be careful if you're thinking to yourself, oh, yeah, I want to be transformed. I want to I stop doing these things. I want to stop living my life. Because here's the thing, is that being transformed is going to ruin a lot of things for you that you used to do. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, when you're by yourself and when you want to watch porn, can I tell you that being transformed is going to ruin that for you? Because all of a sudden, you're going to look at it from a different perspective. 
All of a sudden, you're going to look at those things from a different mindset. Because now, all of a sudden, the pleasure that you got from one thing is going to give you a conviction inside of your life to make you not want to do those things. Being transformed is not just going to be something that's like, well, you can just go and keep on living how you want. I can, I can be saved and keep on living exactly how I want. No, being transformed is going to ruin a lot of things that you used to do. Not because it's a behavior modification, but it's because it's how you see that thing. All of a sudden, you're seeing it from a different lens. You're seeing it from a different perspective. Now, all of a sudden, when you're with your friends, you're not going to see it from the same perspective. You're not going to look at those conversations from the same light. You're going to see it from like a, from like a 1,000 feet view with what's going on, with what's happening. And then you have to ask yourself, is this the direction of my life? Is this really where I want to go? Is this really what God has called for me? Be careful because being transformed is going to ruin a lot of things for you. It's going to ruin a lot of things that, uh, that you were so used to doing. But I just want to let you know that there is another way. There's another choice. And I want to talk to the person in the room who maybe it's your first time here. Maybe you're an unbeliever. Maybe you don't exactly have a relationship with Jesus. Can I just tell you really quick that there is another choice. You don't have to fit in with everything around you. You don't have to conform with the culture around you. You don't have to fit in with the environment, with your school system, with all the people around you. Because I know that right now it seems like you have no other choice, but you have another option. You have another choice, a better choice, a better option. And maybe what you're thinking is, is like, man, I'm too broken, I'm too hurt. I have to fix myself before I could ever go to Jesus. But Jesus clearly, clearly states within Matthew 11, verse 28, he says, come to me all who are weary and have heavy burdens and I will give you rest. He doesn't, it doesn't say, hey, come to me all who are perfect, all who have their life figured out, come to me who have no problems. He says, come to me all who are sick and tired of living by the standard of culture. Come to me who are looking for a new way, who are looking for a better way, and I will give you something that you were made for. And I wanna talk to, I wanna talk to the people, I just, I just talked to the non-believers. I wanna talk to the people who are believers. Can I just... Can I just remind you, because I've been there before, this was, this was literally me in middle school and in high school, and I needed to be reminded of this, is that God has made you into a new creation. God has literally transformed you into one being into another being, from your, from your old life into your new life. It says within 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has become, has, has begun. But the issue is, is when we try to live our life with one foot in our old life, expecting to have all of the benefits of our new life. We try to live one way and expect God to bless us every other way. We try to live in one way and expect us to get to our future and expect us to get to our calling. Can I tell you that you cannot conform and be transformed at the exact same time? You have to pick one or the other. I get it. It's difficult to move on from your old life. It's difficult to do those things. But God has a new life for you. God has something new. God has something better. God has something specifically made just for you. He has a new life waiting for you. But we can't live our life based on, again, one foot in our new life, 
one foot in our old life and expecting us to, to, to get anywhere, expecting us to get any sort of direction with God. And I get it that you want to fit in, and I understand that. But God does not call us to fit in. He calls us to be set apart. God does not call us to fit in with culture. He calls us to preach the gospel to our culture. God does not call us to just be a fish in the water. He calls us to get out of the water. We're not supposed to just blend in with everybody else. That's why I asked you guys, if you were on your campus, when you're on your campus tomorrow, how do you act? Are you conformed? Are you transformed? If you were to step on your campus, are you just going to blend in with everybody else? Or are you going to look different? Are you going to act different? Are you going to talk different than everybody else? Not because of how you look, but because of how you present yourself. Because you're no longer conformed and just blending in with everything around you, but you are a transformed creation. The way that I look at it, as the band can start heading up, is that conforming is fitting into a mold. Conforming is fitting into exactly what the world and what the culture wants for you. But being transformed is being molded by God. Don't conform, be transformed. Really what I want to land on tonight, my second point, I know I said I only had one point, but the last thing that I want to mention to you guys is this, understanding the roots. Understanding the root. And simply asking ourselves this question, why do we conform? Why do we do it? I feel like asking ourselves why gets to the root of every single situation. It gets to the root of every single emotion. It gets to the root of every single action. If you, if you just, act, like, if you do something right now, and if you ask yourself why enough, you will get to the root of the issue. And I think when we ask ourselves why enough, when we get to conforming, when we get to why we conform, I think, I think a better way to say it is that if you were to ask my middle school self, why it, you little guy, um, why, why do you conform? Why, why do you feel like you just got to fit in with everybody? What I would tell my future self from my middle school self is because I don't really know who I am. And I feel like as I was going throughout middle school, I was almost like the back of a sticky note. You know, when you use a sticky note and you stick it on something and you take it right off and then you look at it and there's some stuff on it. You do it to something else and it just keeps on growing until there's no more adhesive on it. I feel like that's how I was. And what I would do is that I would just take what my older brother was doing and I would try to make that a part of my life. And I would stick to that. And then I would take music that I was listening to and whatever it was saying and I would, and I would stick to that and I would try to make it a part of who I was. And, and I was influenced by my friend group and the people around me and celebrities and, and, and athletes and not all bad people, but, but I did all those things because I didn't exactly know who I was. I wasn't confident in who I was. I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with who I was because I had no idea who I was. And maybe that's exactly how you feel. And you're just going throughout life thinking, who am I? What does my identity look like? Every, everybody's telling me, you know, Jesus has great plans for you. God has, God has amazing things 
in store for your life. But instead of thinking that about yourself, you think, oh yeah, for the person right next to me. Because I don't really know who I am. And if you were to ask the high school version of me, when I was 15, when I was 16, if you were to ask that version of Wyatt and say, all right, Wyatt, why do you conform? Why do you feel like you gotta fit in with everybody? And if I was being honest with you, I would say it's because I hated myself. It's because I didn't like who I was. I didn't like my personality. I didn't like the, the little things about me. I didn't like how I looked. I didn't like how I acted. I didn't like how I talked. I didn't like any one of those things. And I wanted to be somebody else. I wanted to just put on a mask in every single situation. And so that's what I did. So I had, a, I had a school version of me. I had a sports version of me. I had a family version of me. I had a church version of me because I didn't really like who I was. And I felt like any time that I looked at myself in the mirror, I just was reminded of my flaws. I was just reminded of, of all my mistakes, of just all the things that I've done wrong. And it was one of those moments where I just realized I do not like who I'm looking at. Like how, how is it that you can go throughout high school and your worst enemy is yourself? The person that you despise and hate the most is the person who's in the mirror looking right back at you. But that's who I was in high school. And that's how I thought. And so what I would do is that I would conform to hide my feelings. I would conform to hide my insecurities. I would conform to hide the things that were going on inside of me because I didn't want anybody else to know that I was going through those things. And so I just put on a smile and I acted like everything was okay because nobody could know the real version of me. And the only time that I was ever myself was when I was by myself. And that was the worst. But that was me in high school. And maybe you find yourself in a similar situation where all that you think about, all that you see in the mirror are all of the flaws. All you see in the mirror are all the mistakes, are all the scars, are all the things that you went through in the past. But I wanna let you know that no matter which side of the fence you find yourself on, is that Jesus has more for you. You might be broken. You might be confused. You might not know who you are. You might know exactly who you are and hate it. But can I tell you that Jesus does not wanna leave you where you are. Because even in the midst of your pain, even in the midst of your brokenness, even in the midst of your own identity crisis, can I just let you know that God loves you so much that he would be willing to send his son to die on a cross for you. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, while we were still broken, while we were still hurting, while we still hated who we were, while we still had no idea who we were, God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you and for me so that he could be in a relationship with us and so that he could take us from these broken, pitiful pieces and put us back together in his image and in, in his identity and who we were made to be. I wanna, I wanna do something really quick. Um, everybody just close your eyes. Close your eyes, maybe, maybe put down your head right now. This isn't nap time or anything, but I, I just really want us to, to just focus right now. I really want us to just, just to not think about anything, but what it is that God wants to do right now in this moment. And what I want us to do is that I just want us to imagine for a second. I want us to think about 
you looking at yourself in the mirror right now? What do you see? What are you thinking about? What are you noticing? When you, when you look at yourself, do you just see all of the flaws? Do you just see all of the mistakes? Do you, do you just see somebody sta- staring back at you and you're like, I don't even know who that is? When you see yourself in the mirror, what do you see? Who are you looking at? Can I tell you that that same person that's looking back at you, no matter how you feel about them, Jesus loves you. And Jesus died willingly for you. He died for that person in the mirror. God sent his son, not begrudgingly, but joyfully, to die for that person in the mirror. And and not so that you would earn his love, not so that you would earn his salvation, but that you would be able to have his salvation through grace by faith. It's a free gift. And I know what you're thinking, like, Jesus died for that person? Yeah, he did. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, man, this is too good to be true. It's, it, it is true, and sometimes it does feel too good, but it is true. That he died for that person. And whether you find yourself here tonight and you might be thinking to yourself, man, I don't even know who I am and that's why I conform. Or I know exactly who I am and I don't like that version and that's why I conform. No matter what side you find yourself on, can I just tell you that Jesus loves that side. He loves you as you are. He loves you in that state. But he's not willing to leave you there. But the first step is by accepting him into your heart by believing in him, by asking him to come into your life because we're broken, we're hurt, we sin, we fall short, we mess up all the time and every day and we miss the mark countless times, but yet there's still grace through Jesus. And so right now, all across this room, just stay within this moment. If you're here tonight and you would say, you know what? I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. If that's you tonight, I'm just going to count to three. And we don't count down in anticipation, but we just count down just to give you a moment just to think about this time. Because this is a serious moment. And this is a serious occasion. And God wants to meet you right where you are. To not leave you where you are but to get you out of exactly where you are, to get you into the, into the calling and into the, and into the direction that he has for your life. So all across this place, if that's you, I'm just gonna count to three. When I get to three, I'm just gonna have you lift up your hand just as a sign of saying, that's me. One, two, three. If that's you, would you just raise your hand if you wanna accept Jesus into your life? Amazing, amazing. You guys can put your hands down. What we do is that we, we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. And so would you just repeat these words after me, straight from your heart, straight from, straight from the decision that you just made. Repeat these words after me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I mess up. I'm broken. I'm hurt. But I believe that you died for me on a cross for my sins, for my shame. 
And Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. And God, I believe that you rose Jesus from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Jesus, I ask that you would make me into who you made me to be. No turning back, no going back. I wanna step into my new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can you make some noise for the people? Hey, uh, before, we, before we get into worship, what I, what I really want to do is that I really want to set our perspective on the right thing before we jump into worship. Meaning, I think when it comes to the issue of being conformed and being transformed, and the reason why we conformed, the reason why we conform is because it's an identity issue at the end of the day. But it starts with our salvation. It starts with a relationship with Jesus, which is what we just did. But it also doesn't end there. It, it continues on with our identity and who God made us to be. And so what I want us to do is that just right where we are, would you just stand where you are? If you just feel comfortable, would you just stand where you are? Essentially what I want us to do is, is that I just wanna pray over you. And I wanna pray over you the prayer that I wish that I prayed when I was in high school. I wanna pray over you the prayer that I wish that I prayed when I was in elementary school. Not elementary school, well yeah, elementary school too, I guess. But in middle school. And what I want us to do is that I just want us to ask God that he would not just give us our identity, but that he would affirm and reaffirm our identity. Because I think something happens when we, when we go from just worshiping God based on how we see ourselves to worshiping God on how he sees us and how he made us and how he transformed us. And so right now, if that's, if that's for you, because maybe this moment isn't for you, and, and maybe you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm, I'm good. You know, I got everything figured out, dope, sick. But for the other people around you, could you just let them have a moment just right now? If this is for you, could you just, could you just hand out or uh, stick out your hands right now? What is your palms facing upwards? As a sign of just saying, God, I, I, I want all that you have for me. I'm not holding on to anything. I'm not holding on to my own will, to my own wants. God, I want all that you have for me, Lord. All across this place, Jesus, you, you know the hearts. You know the lives, you know the faces. You know all of the personalities, Lord, all of the struggles, all of the brokenness, Lord, all of the hurt that is just represented within this room, Jesus. But even more so, you know their identity. You know their life. You know their purpose. You know their calling, Jesus. God, and I pray that right now that you would just speak to students. God, I pray that right now for those who are eagerly seeking after you to want to know who they are in you, to want to know their identity, to truly be transformed. God, because this is what it's all about. We don't, we don't just want an experience with you. We don't just want another memory of being in your presence. God, we want an encounter with you tonight, Jesus. That we would not just leave exactly the same way as we, as we came in, Lord, but that we would leave transformed. We would leave renewed, God. We would leave with a new perspective, with a new mindset, Jesus. God, that we would leave as your word says, knowing your will, what is perfect, what is true, what is acceptable, Jesus. God, I pray that for every single student who is just in search of identity, Lord, I pray that you would, 
that you would just instill that upon them right now, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would reaffirm for the students who might not like what they see in the mirror, might not like who they are, but God, you made them for a purpose. Lord, I pray that for those students that you would shift their identity, that you would shift their perspective, God, that you, would, that, you would, that you would change how it is that they see themselves, not from their lenses, but from your perspective, from your grace, from your love, Jesus. God, we are your children. God, these are your sons. These are your daughters. These are the ones that you have called chosen. These are the ones that you love. These are the ones that you have freedom for. These are the ones that you have set free, Jesus. These are the ones that you have forgiven. These are the ones who have new mercies. These are the ones who have a plan and a purpose and a future over their lives, Jesus. God, I just pray that during this worship moment, God, that we would not worship from how we see ourselves, but that we would worship from how you see us and how we see you, Jesus. God, help us to hear from you right now. God, help us to hear from you at this place, Jesus. God, as we go into worship, let this not be about us, but let this, about, let this be about all that you have, Jesus, all that you are. Let this be about your presence, God. Let this be about what it is that you have done on the cross, what it is that you've done for us, Jesus. God, just pray that as we go into worship, as we move into this time, Lord, that you would just have your way, that you would speak to students, that you would move through students, that you would give us opportunities to encourage one another and to speak life into one another. God, I pray that you would just have your way inside of your presence, Jesus. God, let, let us get out of your way. Let us get out of the way of what it is that you wanna do inside of this place, Lord. God, do something new. Do something fresh, fresh in the lives of the students, Lord. Help us, God, to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's come down to the front. Let's worship.
moment to go back to the analogy that Wyatt used. And he said, when he asked us to close our eyes to have us look in a mirror. And I wanna paint this a little bit differently. Do you guys know what a two-way mirror is? If you don't, it's a mirror that you look into and you see your reflection, but to somebody on the other side, they see you. And sometimes I think that that is what it looks like to us. We look at ourselves in a mirror and we see all of our flaws, but what we don't realize is Jesus is standing on the other side telling us something completely different. So when you tell yourself, I am flawed, God says, I made you good. When you tell yourself, I'm ugly, God says, I made you beautiful. When you tell yourself, I'm not talented, or I'm anxious, God said, I gifted you and I am peace. When you tell yourself that you are depressed, God says, I am joy. When you tell yourself, I'm all alone, God says, I am right here. When you say, I'm not strong enough, God says, I hold every victory. When you tell yourself, I can't do it, guess what God says, I can. When you tell yourself, they don't like me, God says, I love you. And when you tell yourself, I'm not good enough, God says, but I am. Every flaw that you see in the mirror is not your identity. Everything that holds you back, that is not who you are because Jesus is on the other side. He said, this is what I see in you. I identified and inscribed my name on your heart so that is what we hold on to. Not the lies of the enemy, not what the world tells us because that is all shallow, but the love of our God is so, so deep. Bridget, some of you guys looked into that mirror and why it said that and you saw Jesus on the other side tonight. You saw that. And that is the best thing that could ever happen to you. That is the greatest feeling of joy in your life. And we don't ask you guys to do this all alone. We want to equip you guys. Can we first give those people who chose that tonight a round of applause because that is the best decision. And we want to welcome them into this family because this is a family. You guys don't do it alone. So if you made that decision tonight, you can DM us at bridgeYTH underscore next seven and we will equip you with seven videos. It's Pastor Corey basically just equipping you guys, walking you through these next steps, walking you through this new season of life. And we just want you to know that we are here for you guys. We do this together as a team. This is Bridge Youth, this is a family. And you guys, it doesn't stop here. We also meet and hang out together on Sundays and it is just as amazing as this. We have the chance to connect and talk to one another, to have conversations and grow. We worship in the big auditorium, which is amazing as well. And we do have a special thing coming up at the end of this month. It is called All In, and that will be taking place on May 31st. So make sure that you guys are here. Invite your friends. You guys do not want to miss it. It's going to be amazing. We want to see you guys in this house on May 31st. So be here. Bridge Youth, we love you. We back you, and we hope you guys have a great rest of your week.